My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. We can all get these symptoms from time to time. But if you or a loved one notice you're getting a combination of them regularly, don't ignore it. They could be signs of a brain tumour. My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. To learn more about the common signs of a brain tumour, search Better Safe Than Tumour. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brain Tumours, the podcast where we'll be talking to people who've been affected by a brain tumour diagnosis, either their own diagnosis or the diagnosis of a loved one. We'll also be sharing news and updates from the Brain Tumour Charity about what we're doing to halve the harm and double survival. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Spotlight series for the Brain Tumour Charity podcast. I'm your host Chandy and in this week's episode I speak to Andy, who's part of the steering group that's forming the new strategy for the Brain Tumour Charity. We'll be talking about how you can get involved and how the charity is working with others to help form a collaborative approach to ending the harm that brain tumours have. So thanks Andy for joining me today. Can you tell us a bit about yourself for those who don't know who you are already? Yeah, morning Chandos, morning everyone. Um, I'm Andy, Andy Tudor. I'm a, um, a volunteer for the Brain Tumour Charity, an involvement champion as well, one of the sort of 20 odd of those uh, in my two year post. The reason I got involved with the charity, bluntly, is because I had a brain tumour myself five years ago. It was removed surgically, um, discovered at the last minute. So that's an interesting, that's another story to tell you about. Um, that was fun or not. Uh, removed at the time they said it was successfully removed. So I've had a series of, you know, annual MRIs and everything's been fine. So about 18 months ago, I retired uh, from work and I had Uh, more time on my hands and one of the things I wanted to do was support the charity because the charity really supported me when I needed some help back five years ago and there wasn't a lot of help offered to me in fact none to be honest so the charity were brilliant um, really helped me out in a difficult time and my family so I wanted to give something back so that's why I got involved as as a volunteer and then an involvement champion and involved in these podcasts. For me, uh, unfortunately, in January this year, I had some regrowth. So after four years of nothing, my what was left, apparently, my brain tumour decided that it wanted to grow again. Bless it. So um, I'm now experienced in stereotactic radio surgery, which is the gamma knife sort of treatment, um, which is far more pleasant than surgery. Um, and I'm now in the middle of waiting for my next scan, hopefully to show that that's all worked. So I'm kind of having thought I was a survivor, for want of a better phrase, and got over it. I'm now living the, the the process again, but I'm kind of I'm ticking the treatment boxes, should we say, as we go along. So hopefully I can add a bit more to, you know, when when, when I talk to people and people ask me about things, I can, uh, I've got an even broader range of experiences. And what does your volunteering role look like within the charity? What sort of things are you involved with and do you get up to? I mean, I'm quite curious, so I tend to get involved in quite a lot of things. So my main task when I joined and what I still do is a peer support volunteer. So what that means is there are some uh, closed Facebook groups for the charity, which are only open to people who... Uh, it, it's appropriate that a part of the group so they can have confidential uh, discussions with like-minded excuse the pun people and people going through similar experiences in a safe environment 
and they're really, really supportive. That's what helped me out when I was uh, when I didn't have any information. I joined those groups literally in about a couple of days of, of being treated, and it was superb. So part of that role is I can remotely, for want of a better phrase, vet people. So people apply to join the groups. Most of the people that's absolutely fine, but you do get one or two people who come across and backs that don't really want to be part of them. So or or joining for other means. So we try and make sure that everyone in the group it's appropriate. So I'll go on a couple of times a week, spend a few hours just going through the people that have applied to join not all the Facebook groups. I look after sort of the main one and the carers ones, which are the two biggest ones, and just check that they're appropriate and then let them join and then send them a message, welcoming message saying, please come on board. So that's that's the bulk of what I do. So that's a um about four or five hours a week then again because i'm curious um i got involved when the opportunity to be an involvement champion came up which is about a year ago now scarily uh i got involved in that and that allows me to get uh more awareness and involvement of other projects that are going on so through that i've helped review some of the websites updates some of the documents that are being published i've taken part in several discussions we have a, a monthly get together in that about what we want to do as a group, updating information, providing other support. I've been involved in, I had a previous podcast uh, back in November last year uh, with, with you guys. And then I got involved through the involvement champion in the in the steering group uh, because the opportunity came along to help shape and create the strategy for the next five years for the charity. And for someone like myself, it, that would be an amazing thing to be involved with and to see through because I don't like using the term legacy loosely because it suggests I'm not going to be around very long. I hope that's not the case. But if I can get involved and even a small piece of the jigsaw for, for, for um, you know, updating the strategy for the biggest brain tumor charity in the world, that that wow, that's some legacy and something to say, yeah, I'm proud of that. And also to make sure, hopefully, that the, the strategies in going in the right direction and is going to do what, what what I hope it can do. I've also been involved in um, there was a briefing last year to uh, one of the MPs who's had a, a brain tumour. And that was a sort of a session just to talk about brain tumours and the impacts on life and so on and so forth. But that that was a really interesting discussion as well. So being a, a volunteer, I'm kind of getting involved in in quite a few things. And those who are listening today um, to this episode will um, know from the last episode when we spoke to Alex, the new CEO, that the charity is changing the way it approaches, treats it like helping people with brain tumours yes. to live well and to look beyond diagnosis. So what is it? What's your involvement look like? How, how does the charity value your opinion? That's a good question. So the, the, the steering group itself, I was kind of part of the discussions that helped shape the setting up of the steering group and the overall approach so there were various uh, zoom calls about how we want to approach setting up the strategy uh, and alex was right and what 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 we're doing in terms of this the the, the approach now is is called co-creation uh, as part of my role on the steering group we meet once a month via zoom call uh, that that brings together that steering group and that is that's kind of like, almost like the hand on the tiller, uh, just to make sure we're going in the right direction. We're including the right information. We're we're considering all the various information and, and views and opinions that we should do. So, for me personally, I'm I've been able to shape 
that whole approach and then during those discussions and we often have breakout sessions and so on and so forth I've been able to impart my experiences and my knowledge as well so another thing I've been able to do uh, is uh, recently the the charity have had a number a couple of uh, opinion polls or surveys no, that's right surveys about what people want out of the strategy and also about their experiences so I've made sure I've been using those to voice my my views and those have been definitely taken consideration of I think we've had over 800 responses to our recent survey which is a which is a great response so you know I'm one eight hundredth of that but I, that's fine I, I, it's involved and also for me personally there were some workshops on the four of the main areas that the, 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 charity, the charity was was sort of focusing on as a result of the surveys, which is uh, improving research. I've got to admit, improving the support, as Alex said, that we give to people pre and post treatment, and also for their for their carers and their families, and also uh, early diagnosis. So, in terms of adults, we've had great success with children. This is about early diagnosis with adults so by being involved in those workshops again zoom calls but there are workshops I've been able to get my views across and help you know hopefully elicit the responses from other people as well facilitate is for a better word and then another one we're doing in July we're having a uh, uh, our first face-to-face uh, major session in um, London where we're going to get the main people who can make it from the uh, steering group and that's what we're going to look at. I mean, I'll talk about the stages in a minute. That's what we're going, we're going to look at. Right. What do we know? What have we learned? What What are the key uh, areas that we think uh, are, are sort of areas of need, should we say, for, for the strategy to address and get in the room and say, right, what if? What can we do? What could we do? What What's the art of the possible? Um, so that we make sure we're, we're sort of spreading that as wide as possible on potential solutions and how we're then going to define and hone in on the strategy so I'm, I'm well chuffed for the better words that the charity for myself and the other involvement champions people that have lived the experience are really having a major impact on the strategy which i think is which is fantastic and whereabouts are we in the the planning stage of of the the new strategy yes yeah, so where we are at the moment is uh, effectively we're in the gathering stage so it's the uh, mapping the need stage so through various surveys that we've done and uh, talking to the other charities and the other people in the sector we're, we're now looking at all the information what I should say sorry before that was the very first one was effectively gathering together so the, it's important to know in my view that with the co-creation of the strategy this is the first time I've been in industry 30 years and I've never seen this before where genuinely we are co-creating the strategy. Alex, the CEO in the very first steering group, right at the front, he used the term surrendering certainty. So the charity has surrendered the certainty of the strategy. They don't know what the strategy will be, which is quite a leap of faith for the CEO and the leadership. But they are very much on board. And when we talk about the steering group, if I just mention, we've got included in the steering group, and the meeting we had last uh, week had over 20 people involved. So the three biggest charities in the UK, very much front and centre. We had input from the Tessagel Brain Cancer Mission. So that's another 
really good source of information about sharing and leveling up of good practice. For example, we've got the head of HeadSmart involved. So as well as some eminent neurosurgeons and leaders in their fields. So we, when, when we say we're co-creating, it genuinely is co-creating the key people involved in the charity sector, certainly within, within the UK and, 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 and in America, as well as the mix of people like myself who are living it and breathing it. So that team has brought together. We've had um, three steering group meetings now, which is great because they're all, you know, an hour is never long enough, but it's great to hear the different views and the different opinions and just marvel at the people involved in the steering group. So coming back to your question, we're now in the stage of uh, mapping the needs. So I think we'd said at the last meeting that over a thousand people have actually been involved in mapping the need through surveys, through workshops, uh, through just being part of, you know, ad adding their views uh, in any way they can. So over a thousand people. We've had over a thousand server results for our, uh, sorry, 800 server results for hours. We've had input from the the Tessa Jow brain cancer mission. They had a, a, a survey with over 1500 responses. Uh, we had over 40 people in the detailed workshops. So we're now bringing that together and saying, right, what are the unmet needs of the brain tumor community? And the, the team that within the charity are, uh, in, including involvement champions are putting together what's called a fact base, which is effectively right. Let's get all the information in one place, all the different sources. So we know where the information came from. We know whether it's been generated by the charity, by the Tessa Jowell brain cancer mission, by other surveys, by other information that's out there, looking at the latest information on research and funding and so on and so forth. So that's all being brought together now and, and melded into one incredible document um, called the fact base so that's kind of where we're at at the moment and then that will then and that's being sort of finished off sort of may june time and then when we get into july we'll be doing the it's called hours to change so sort of july august september will be what can we do as a community and with all the influence that we have both political influence influence because of the research funding that we we do uh, and the funding and the support we can give what do we want to do what what can we change so that's when we get radical and look at idea look look at say okay this is what the fact base is telling us this is what the urgent unmet needs are of the whole brain tumor community and we are going to look we're not just keeping it to uk it'll have a uk centric feel because of the policies that we have to operate within, you know, we have the NHS and so on and so forth. But by including um, the American charity, we've also, I should have said, we've got an Australian charity involved as well. So we're we're we're, we're kind of hoping that it'll cover worldwide as well, within reason. We've got to be careful we don't, you know, try and eat too much of the of the cake, so to speak. So that's what we we then do. So the next phase will be that hours to change. What what can we do? Uh, realistically, given the funding that we have, given the influence that we have, we know what the unmet needs are through the mapping the need. What can we then do? So that takes us up to about sort of September, October time. And that's when we get into what's called getting radical. That's when we say, right, OK, we know what the unmet needs are. This is what we think we can change. How do we actually go about changing it? What do we need to do? What what major strategy pieces do we as a charity and as a sector need to put in place to drive the change that will have the biggest impact 
in the areas of unmet need. So that will that will be quite a complicated and also there's an element of what resources do we have available to allow us to do that. You know, we, we'd all like to say, yeah, we want to solve. We don't want any more brain tumours. Yeah, great. How do you do that? Well, it's a bit tricky. So you, by doing this systematic way and, and gathering the information, looking at the main strategy areas, looking at the getting radical. So, again, nothing's off 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 limits here. It comes back to Alex's surrendering certainty. You know, we, we might decide to do something as a charity that is no one's ever thought of before. But the other term Alex used, I thought was was very good, is a, it's a, a swallow hard moment. We might get a point where we have to make some really difficult decisions on what we think are the areas we as a charity should focus on. Because if you focus on one area, it means you can't focus necessarily on somewhere else. So there's a, there will be elements that at that point we say, right, what resources do we have? What can we do? Um, and then finally, sort of September-ish, back end of the year, up, up to sort of March next year, that's when we'll be uh, what we're calling generating momentum. So that's when we'll actually look at, right, we, we'll put the final touches on the strategy, clearly get it signed off by the trustees, by the, by the board. And then we'll start looking at how do we then generate the momentum behind making that happen. So in terms of communication, in terms of asking for other support, whatever strategy direction we, we're going to go in and what the main pillars of what we're going to do, how do we do that? Because the idea is this is a living, breathing strategy. It will evolve. It will veer and haul. But this is really going to set the groundwork for the next five years as well. So we need to have an element of flexibility in there. But also we need to know what, what are the key things that we need to do. So that'll be sort of end of the year, sort of early next year. So that by sort of December stroke spring next year, we're out there. We're, we're telling everyone about the, 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 the strategy we're asking people to get involved we're telling them what they can do so that that hopefully will then be back end of the year um and uh and and then the hard part will then really begin of actually making the strategy work whatever it is how can people get involved how can they support the work that you and the team are doing to to make that happen and to reach that end goal a few things really. One is to understand that or appreciate that there is a current strategy ongoing. So we haven't just stopped as a charity what we're doing to wait for the new strategy. So we're in the middle of a um, defeating brain tumors leaning in. So I think Alex mentioned it in his last podcast where we're basically saying for this last year and this year, uh, because of COVID, you know, it, if COVID hadn't happened, we'd have had this this work we're doing now probably being done in 1920 so that it it fed seamlessly on from the last five-year strategy we are where we are so we had a we we put a two-year extension almost of the last strategy saying leaning in let's really make it work let's make it happen let's focus on the areas of double survival half the harm and push that so that's still ongoing so if people want to get involved just carry on doing what you're doing in a nice way supporting the charity doing all the things that that, that you can do so in terms of, and that involves fundraising, looking at this, sharing your story, taking part in an event, volunteering like I do. You can get your company involved, set up a supporter group, campaign for change. There's various ways you can get involved currently, and that will not, that will continue. So don't feel, oh, I, do I have to wait until September or December? No, get involved now. Go on the Brain Tumor Charity website, look at ways you can get involved, and, and it's all there. Other ways you can get involved 
uh, is is understanding that your community, the involvement champions are, are heavily involved. The other charities are heavily involved. So if you're if you're part of and working with those other charities, ask them how it's going. Ask their leaders how's, how's it going. The co-creation strategy and specifically on the the Brain Tumor Charity website, if you go onto the homepage and you hover over the about us section hover over the strategy section and there's a, a line that says beyond brain tumors and if you if you click on that it, it sort of summarizes a bit of what i've gone through here and at the bottom it, it there's a way you can get involved so you can put your name in put your email address in say how you want to get involved how, how any any way you want to you can do it, and that will go to the co-creation team to then get you involved so if if after hearing this you say I've got I've, I want a story I want to get my message I've got something I really want to contribute I want to make sure this is being done or that's being done that's how you do it I'll repeat myself on the homepage about us our strategy beyond brain tumors and please do leave your information there it also says how did you hear about this so please mention the podcast It'd be nice to know if a, if a few people had listened to this and actually gone and said yeah i want to get involved there's some really good things happening here some groundbreaking stuff happening we can all leave a legacy here for the next five years to to really improve the the, the world of the brain tumor community both for those involved unfortunately like myself or through carers or the actual professions themselves so please that's how you can get involved specifically uh, if you want to. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for giving up your time to, to talk to me today. It's been amazing to hear what you're up to. That's all right. Anytime. I hope to uh, speak to you again in the uh, in the near future. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Brain Tumor Charity Podcast. If you want more information and support, head, to, head over to thebraintumorcharity.org. Whether you've been diagnosed with a brain tumor or a family member or friend has, the Brain Tumor Charity are here to help. Call 0808 800 0004. That's 0808 for more information and support. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you'd like more information, you can visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org or email our support team at support at thebraintumorcharity.org. And finally, before you go, if you enjoyed this podcast, please can you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so we can reach more people and raise more awareness. Tamsin and I work in the individual giving team at the Brain Tumor Charity. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with a brain tumor and are worried about your finances, the Brain Tumor Charity's Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, run in partnership with Citizens Advice, is here to help you. Our expert advisors can help you access the financial support you're entitled to, as well as give advice on how to make the most of your money. To make an appointment with our Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, Visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org slash money or call our support team on 0808 800 0004.